Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Please, to the 18th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Matthew 18. I'm pursuing what I believe the Spirit of God has led me. I, I wanted to go in a different way. And sometimes I think we just focus our attention towards those that are growing and maturing and feeding at our own level of faith. But I've been checked by the Holy Spirit since we brought out the, if you want to call it the heavier side of walking by faith. He said, now, now bring the other side out so that we can get those that are still young and just growing up in the faith to show them how faith works. And so we started out last Wednesday just by saying the simplicity of faith. And we're just going to continue to today just on the subject of simple faith. Simple faith in God. We could try to intellectualize it if we want to. We could look up Hebrew words and Greek words and we can try to just define it and turn over every word you can and just diligently dig in there and try to find out what everything means and what this word means and what that word means. But what it all boils down to the end is just simple faith in God. And it's the, the simple, the simpler, the simplest the faith is, as simple as your faith is, that's how you're going to receive from God, in simplicity. We try to make it hard sometimes, and uh, I remember when Brother Hagin was up at Pittsburgh teaching, and he said, you know, some people are just trying so hard to get into faith that they're missing it. Just sit back, just relax, don't have an unteachable spirit. I'm going to share some things with you about that that I, you need to know. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and there's nothing that you've heard enough in God's Word. And I don't care whether you sit there and say, well, I've heard that before. There's no sense in listening intently. I'll just doze off a little bit. You might as well just face up to this fact. If you're saying that, then you have an unteachable spirit. Someone uh, gave me a set of tapes by a very fine teacher. But the message that was being taught was a simple faith message. And I've heard it and I've heard it and you've heard it and you've heard it. And I've heard, I've heard it. I live it. I know what uh, she's talking about. But she said something on that tape that blessed me. She says, I used to get uh, to the place that when I heard somebody teach on this subject, like, let me give an example, like Brother Hagin in some of his messages. I've heard every story that he's told at least 15 times, in most cases more. And she says, and I knew every, I could just probably quote them to you. I mean, you know, over there on North College Street, she can just go on right on through and just tell you what bedroom it was and everything else. And uh, the Spirit of God spoke up and said to her, said this, I anointed those testimonies. Well, it just so happened that this their sister uh, had a tumor in her body. And the Spirit of God spoke up and said, Now you take these four tapes of Brother Hagin's and listen to them and pray in tongues and that'll be your medicine. And so she just wore them, th she just started listening to them and listening to them and listening to them. She could have just quoted them practically to you. But she said, now Lord, if you want me to listen to this over and over and over and over and over again, then, then you're going to have to tell me, or give me a heart, receptive heart, so I can receive good stuff out of these, you know, testimonies over and over again. And she says, I prayed that way and would you know it? She says, the more, the closer I listen the more I got out of, the, out of the message, and the more I realized how to operate in faith. When she got that unteachable spirit out of there, then she was receptive and could receive and understand what was being said and go to a place of deeper faith in her life. She went to pick up some other tapes and listen to them. They were fine tapes by a fine man of faith, but the Spirit of God checked her instantly said, don't you touch him. 
You listen to these tapes. And you know, within seven months, that tumor disappeared. See, we need the wisdom of God in every area of our lives. Healing is for all and it works for all. But in many cases, people, people don't cash in on the benefits of God because they don't seek the wisdom of God. James says if you need wisdom in your circumstance then you're going to have to ask for it by faith and receive it. And the Spirit of God will lead you as to what you are to do. And in her case, evidently there was some sort of deficiency in that area that she needed to hear from those messages on faith. Amen? Well, I'll tell you what, I don't care how many times he tells the message, if the results are forthcoming, I'm going to listen. Amen? I'm going to hear it over and over. Well, then, she brought out something else and said uh, about the same situation there, that uh, how come these men of faith, every time they give their testimonies, always go back to 1941? And uh, to her surprise, she got another nice answer, which really showed her how unteachable us charismatic, spirit-filled, born-again Christians can be. She said... uh, In your life in ministry, right now, would you like to have another testimony about how you got healed? Would you? That means you got to get sick first, friends. That means you got to get sick to have another testimony. I don't want to have to get cancer to prove that God's Word is true. I'll take my first testimony and stay with it. And just believe God to stay healthy. Amen? That's why they always go back to the 1940s and 50s because since then, you don't hear sickness and disease coming on these people or they get rid of it just like that. And that's where we're headed for. And so, because see, I used to get to the point, I said, now Lord, I've told these people time and time again, all the times I got healed, all the times my wife got healed, all the time my little girl fell. I said, now I tell them all this all the time. He said, would you like to have something more to tell him? I said, no, sir. No, nothing else. I've had enough. Glory to God. I'll just walk in the victory now. Amen. So praise God. Faith works. And it will keep you to a place that you don't need any more testimonies. Hallelujah. That's why someone says, well, if you don't have a testimony, you're not living for God. I say it like this. You've got a testimony when you're living for God. Glory to God. The evil won't attack, but faith stood up and evil went. Amen. Praise God. Now, that's how it works. And we're going to get into that. Let's get into Matthew 18 here so we can just see what Jesus is saying here. And this is the key to having faith in God. And something else she shared with me back there this morning about what simple faith really is. And we're going to see that in Matthew 8. But let's look at Matthew 18 verses 1. Let's start with 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not, have, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Simple faith is child like faith. Remember that. Simple faith is childlike faith. And while you're putting that down there, remember this. God is your Father. Now, a, a natural parent, well, let's put it this way. A child is born with faith in his parent. It's just natural. I'll give you an example. I, this morning, before I came over to the church, BJ was standing on the top of the steps. And he stood there looking at me, and I was on the bottom. And uh, all I did was reach out my arms. And all he did was just stood from that top of the step and just went like this. And I mean, he just, just like it was nothing, just, just fell. Just fell. And you know, he had a pure faith that I was going to catch him. He had faith in my strength and ability and in my willingness to catch him so I wouldn't fall and get hurt. 
I mean, there wasn't any reservation about it. He just, just did it. That's all. I mean, he didn't stop there and think about it. He didn't stop there to think whether or not I was going to catch him. He just stood. Now, I'll tell you what. If I missed him once, he may never do it again. If I missed him, he may, he may have a little bit of lack of trust in the fact that the next time he got on them steps, if I went like that, he may say, well, now, wait a minute. You missed me one time. I'm not going to do it again. You know, or he may say, are you sure you're going to catch me? But see, the, the, the person, the, the child has a natural faith in his father and his mother. It's just a natural faith. You don't go to your mother and say, well, now, Mom, I've got faith you're going to cook supper tonight. No. You just know that it's going to be there. A child just knows that the parent is going to supply the need of the child, right? I mean, I never saw my kids get up and just wonder, you know, if, if I was going to give them a dollar to go to the store and buy some ice cream or something. I mean, they just know. They just know. They just know that you are going to supply. They never got up and started worrying now. Where in the world, BJ and, and Lisa and Jason, where are they going to get the next? Where's Jason going to get his next bottle from? I mean, think about that. Can you see him just lying down there, think, trying to think about that? He doesn't care. All he does is just starts to scream a little bit. Lets you know and get. You know, he gets your attention, and before you know it, he's got a bottle in his mouth. Amen. Now, the believer, when we're born, we have natural faith in our parents, but the we. Human beings just don't have any faith in God. It is not natural to have faith and trust in someone you do not see. Because we have been born into a world that we have trust and faith in the five physical senses. And if you can't see... That's why the atheist says there is no God. There can't be a God. I don't see Him. Right? So there's no faith in someone that they cannot see. So remember this simple childlike faith. Simple childlike faith believes... That the parent will meet the need without any doubt and unbelief. Without any actions contrary to the fact. He just went, I mean, he just, just, just fell, just like that. And there wasn't one jerk that he made. Because he knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that my arms would catch him. Now that's the key to childlike faith. You've got to know that your father will do it for you. You've got to know, first of all, this. You've got to know that God is your Father. And if you don't know that, I I would say this. Study it. Look throughout the Word of God. Under the Old Covenant, He was not Father. He was God. In the New Covenant, He is Father God. He is your Father. He gave birth to you. And I think if you just put the two together, when you gave birth, when your wife gave birth to your children, you're the parent of that child, you are responsible for that child... Do you think that you have more responsibility for your children than God does for His? I can never see that. My Heavenly Father has, it's, it's part of His life. I am part of His life. And it's His responsibility to see to it that all my needs are met. Period. Just because He's my Father. And He's your Father. Now when you go to Him, you go to Him with that attitude. You're my Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus is asking, you shall receive, seek, and you shall find, locks shall be open unto you. Well, why, why then is it so hard, people say, because you've got an enemy arrayed against you. I wish we could get all the blame off God and put it on the devil where it belongs. And if everybody would realize how to rightly divide the word of truth, then they would understand that it's not God who, who's causing all their troubles and problems, but it's the devil. And when they find out that it's the devil, I'll tell you what, you ever see somebody who thought God was doing something to teach them a lesson, and then you come along and give them the word of faith and say, that's not God doing it at all. It's the devil. And they're ready just to step on his head. Oh, that thrills me. Then they get their healing or they get their deliverance, they get their victory. Because you see, they didn't understand that their father loved them that much. So just, just mark this in your Bible, that I've got to come to my father with childlike faith. Faith is a child. Simple faith is childlike faith. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible encourages us to trust in God. Why? See, it's not in, it's not in a natural person. That's why we're admonished and time after time we're told these things. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Only believe. Fear not. Fear not. Trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. Fear not. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Trust in God. Why is He continually telling us to trust Him, trust Him, trust Him? I couldn't trust my Heavenly Father if He missed me and I fell down the steps and broke my leg. Could you? 
So you know what the devil does? He gets where you have lack of knowledge. He gets you into a position you have no knowledge of the circumstances that you're in. So, of course, you don't know that James 1, 5 says, If you lack wisdom, ask of God who giveth liberally to all men. And so you don't ask God for the wisdom of how to get out of your circumstance. And the devil comes along and trips you. And then people go off and say, Well, that was the will of God. He's teaching you a lesson in this thing. And certainly next time you're not going to trust the Father for your whatever it is. If it's your health, if it's your financial needs, whatever it is. The devil comes in to kill, to steal, and to destroy, to tear down the relationship with God. Sometimes I think the people read it this way. The thief come up not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and Jesus is letting them do it. But it doesn't say that. It says, but I am come that they might have life. He said, if you see me, you see the Father, and that's why the Father sent him, so I can have the abundant life. Anything short of that is tradition. And you know what Jesus said about tradition? In Mark 7, chapter, verse 13. Take a look there. Let's see. We'll show you what he said about it. You're in Matthew. Just go to Mark. Mark 7. Thirteen. Making the word of God of none effect. Mark that in your Bible. Underline that. Highlight it. Circle it. People in traditional churches, they want to know why is this calamity coming on this one? Why is this evil befalling this one? Well, if that's true, the abundant life, why did this person suffer this? And why did that person suffer that? Because their tradition has made the Word of God of none effect. That's why. We're not here to play church. We are here to feed our spirit man on the Word of God so it can be in contact with the Creator of all spirits. And we can draw and, uh, from Him. I, I like something that Brother John here shared with me back in the back this morning. And that's the 20th century translation of something that Jesus said about the woman with the issue of blood. Remember she came in the press behind and touched His garment? Jesus said, who touched me? Well, the disciples said, there's, Master, there's many people around you thronging you and you're asking who touched me? Who touched? Jesus said, nah, uh uh-uh. Somebody here made a demand on my ability. And when he... he, We just rejoiced back there. Glory to God. We just rejoiced. Jesus said, somebody, somebody, when he meant by touching me, made a demand on my ability and there was no way of stopping it. He wasn't even turned around. He didn't even see her. But all she did was touched. And that was it. He said, somebody made a demand on my ability and virtue went out of me. Faith, brothers and sisters, is what touches God. He said, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Faith, when you stand fast on faith, you are drawing from the ability of God and God has no way of stopping that power from getting to you. Jesus couldn't stop it. It went, boom, right to him. Into his clothing. Glory, that's powerful. And that woman, she didn't care. And we're going to see that over there in Matthew, just just how simple faith is. But let's get back into what we want to talk about. Hebrews 11, 6. These are scriptures I know many of you are familiar with. But you know what? Don't have an unteachable spirit. Don't have an unteachable spirit. It will cost you someday. Be teachable. That person asked me when I... Listen to those tapes. They said, they said, well, I know that they were just trivial. And I said, now, wait a minute. I got abundantly blessed. Nothing in the Word of God is trivial to me. Everything in the Word of God is rich in power. If you look at it that way. I could go anywhere. I don't care who's preaching. I'll go anywhere. I take a note, notebook and pencil and, or, or an ink pen. And I just sit there and get everything that person says. People go with the wrong attitude. They go with the wrong attitude. 
They go there and say, well, I've heard that before. You just listen to what's being said because faith cometh how? And you'll keep hearing it and you're going to start to see how it'll work. Because if you turn off your ears, then that, that word that's going forth is not going to do anything for you. Now, in this 11th chapter, verse 6, this scripture is one of the, I'll say, one of the highlights in my life. I have made this scripture become dear to my heart. Because it answered to me many, 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 many questions as to why God's people failed to receive the blessings that He's already bought and paid for for them. It says, but without faith it is impossible. Highlight that. Underline that. Let, write that upon the table of your heart. Without faith it is impossible. 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 Right there. Period. You know the Bible says that Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Who I am well pleased. Why was He pleased in Jesus? But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe something. What must you believe? Okay, stop right there. All, the, all He is is another tense for saying I am. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. And if God were saying it, He'd say it like this, You that cometh to Me, you must believe that I am. Now, my Heavenly Father and your Heavenly Father is the I am. Now, my little boy was cashing in on my strength and ability and my willingness to catch him so he can have a free ride from the top to the bottom. Amen? Well, now, if that's all he wants me to do for the rest of his life, I don't know how long I can do that, depending on how big he gets. You know, I can do all things through Christ. I just believe that. But your heavenly Father has a lot more strength than your earthly Father does. And your heavenly Father has the ability and the resources of all things that pertain to life and godliness, and He gave them to you and made you a partaker of all that. But faith is the force, the spiritual force, that puts into motion all the spiritual laws that govern this world. And when you cash in by faith in God, everything that's up there is yours. All things are ours. All things are yours. I believe this when I was just a little knee-high baby in Christ. And I believe it to this day. And I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops until I go on to be with Him. I believe this way and nobody could talk me out of it. I believe if you didn't get something from God, it's because we did something wrong. I believe that. It's not God's not wanting to do it for you because He is your Father. And you know, the Bible says, remember what He said over there? You humble yourself like that little child. Humble yourself like that little child. Humility means I'll go to the Father and say, Now, Father God, you did not miss it. I had to have missed it. You cannot change. I'll change. Lillian Bioman, she said it just like that. If I prayed once and did not get the answer, then it's time to start changing. Because if, it, if I didn't get the answer the first time, God can't change. He's not going to change. But if I change, then I'm just going to get in line with the blessing. And that comes by understanding the wisdom of God. If you didn't get your healing the first time and you say, I've stood upon the Word of God and you want to get before God, say, now, dear Father God, give me the wisdom I need to know because I know it's your will to heal me and I'm going to receive it. You ask God for His wisdom, He'll give it to you. He's already supplied the healing for you. All you've got to do is learn how to get it. That's humility before God. Now, without faith, you, I mean, without faith you cannot please God and with, you've got to come to God and believe that He is. But then He went on to say... And that He is a what? A what? Say it louder. Hallelujah. Not a taker? You know what rewarder means? I like it. It means one who pays wages. He is one who pays wages. That, that, word, that Greek word that's translated rewarder, I looked it up in Vines, and it says that word rewarder means one who pays wages. I said, I'm on God's payroll. You think you got things benefits on your job. 
Glory to God. Our Heavenly Father, I mean, it would be enough He gave us Jesus. It would be enough if He made us conquerors. It would be enough that He did all that He did through redemption. But He says, I've made you more than conquerors. I've given you all things and freely give you all things. And I'm a rewarder on top of it. I'll even give you more. He said, you take care of my body. He says, and when I, he says I'll pay you now. Remember the parable of the uh, Good Samaritan? He put him on his, uh, on his colt there and his donkey there and took him to the inn. And he said, when he got there, he says, here, here's some money. You take care of the fellow now. And whatever else you do more, I'll pay you back when I come. You're on his payroll, friends. If you diligently seek and search out him for the work you're doing down here, that's pure. In His sight. The work that is built on gold and silver. That kind of work is going to be rewarded in heaven. It, you're going to get rewards. And not only in heaven, but you're going to get it down here. Read it all through the Bible. He said, there's not a man alive that has left house, homelands, or people, everything for my name's sake. And the Gospels that will not receive in this lifetime a hundredfold houses, lands, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. He went on to name it all. Godliness is profitable in all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. And you know what I like about that saying? I believe the more I prosper in the life that now is, it's because the more I'm prospering in the life to come. That's right. It's only those, those that are unsuccessful in the things of God and the things of this their life is because, uh, someone put it this way. When they're talking about counseling with people, they said, uh, the only ones I have to counsel are the ones that don't pray and don't read the Word. The only ones I really got to give a lot of counsel to is, now, there's other, this is not 100% right as far as people do need help, but the ones that, that they counsel over and 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 over are just those that don't read the Word or pray. Can you see how that works? If you were a doer of the Word of God, it would work. But people think that there's another way out, and there is not another way out. It's through God's Word that you're going to get your way out. We better get back into this message on faith. But that's the only way out. It's through God's Word. So this Word will work in your situation if you'll just take hold of it and come to the Father with simple faith. It is going to get your need met. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it'll work. Now, true humility then is coming and believing that what God said is true and bowing yourself down to that Word and obeying it. That's all true humility is. He'll reward you. As a matter of fact, He'll do further than that. He will exalt you. Go to 1 Peter 5. You're close by, so we'll just take a quick look and take a side journey there. You've got to understand and know this. There are great rewards for diligently seeking Him. And if you don't know that, you have no incentive. You know, people that work on an assembly line, they have what's called incentive. If you make $50, you'll get a $5 bonus plus your wages for the day. That gives them incentive to work as fast as they can to make that extra money. They figure if I'm going to be here eight hours anyhow, I might as well make five dollars more. Right? Plus be a good worker. So, praise God, I'm going to do it. So that's incentive. He gives you an incentive. All through the Word of God, we have the call. Come unto me, He said. Do all these things and I'll do this. If you do that, I'll do this. Look throughout all the Word of God. Everywhere you look to the Word of God, if you do this... It's health and healing. If you do this, you'll have wisdom and understanding. If you do this, I'll do this. All through the Word of God, there's incentive. I want to walk the way God wants me to walk, don't you? I want to live the way God wants me to live. And through faith, you're going to find out how to do it. Now, in this verse, the fifth chapter, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, just like this little child, under the mighty hand of God, for what purpose? He's not telling you to bow down to His Word. In a circumstance, in a situation where it looks like it's impossible, he, just, just so that you could say you did it. He's saying, if you'll humble yourself before me in my word as a little child, 
and just get before me and realize that my word is beyond your circumstances, my word is above your feelings and your fine physical senses, then you'll realize that He's going to exalt you. And that word means to lift you up. He is going to lift you up, or actually a better definition means He is going to raise you up and honor you. Now, that just that's, that's ties right on in with the 91st Psalm. In the 91st Psalm, it says he'll, he'll not only deliver you, but He'll honor you. Doesn't it say that? He'll honor you. He's going to honor you. I'd rather have honor of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords than anybody in this United States of America. He will honor you. He's the one that's going to honor you. Well, how do we get all this faith? How does this faith come? If God demands us to have faith, as you saw, it's in, go to Romans the 10th chapter while I'm saying this. If God demands I have faith, if He says it's only by faith can we operate in His kingdom, if He says I've got to have faith or it is impossible for me to please Him, and He did say that, didn't He? Well, if He doesn't give me a, a means whereby to have faith, then I have a right to challenge the justice of my Heavenly Father and tell Him, Now, Father, You told me to have faith in You, but You gave me no means whereby to have it. Well, the first means is this. Well, first of all, let's, let's put it right here in Romans the 10th chapter. Let's just take a look at verse 17 just for a minute. Faith, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So then faith cometh, faith cometh. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Stop just for a minute and say this. I'll have faith in what I hear. So if you're hearing negative, if you're hearing medical science, if you're hearing God does this to you, if you're hearing God doesn't want to help you, if you're hearing the television, if you're hearing the radio, if you're hearing the newspaper, if you're hearing the news forecast and, and, and all the evils of this world and how all this chaos is going on, if you're hearing about the fuel shortage, if you're hearing about the food shortage, if you're hearing all this stuff, you will have faith in that stuff. Faith teachers don't tell people to shut themselves off away from the world for just to say you're sanctified from it. No. On the contrary. Shut yourself off from these things because what you hear is what you'll have faith in. And God wants you to have faith in Him. It's not born that way. Now, faith comes when you hear that word. For, and let's prove it. For by grace are you saved through, through what? Well, how does that faith come? Well, it's very simple. Let's back up here to verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. It's called the word of faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. It's the gospel of peace. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now let's just follow that up in the book of Acts and just show you how simple. Everything you receive from God came by faith in His word. Acts the 11th chapter. And verse 13. We said that you're saved by hearing the word which produces faith to be saved. At that point, you, when you receive Christ, you are given the measure of faith. But let's take a look at verse 13 and see how the word holds true. Acts 11. And, behold, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa. 
and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be what? Well, what was going to get him saved? Words. Do you know why you can claim that? Some, I, I hear people saying, you know, you can't claim that for your family just because he did. Jesus didn't say, or Peter didn't say that Jesus said to him, uh, only your family will be saved with these words. All those that will hear those words shall be saved. You've got the words to get your family saved too. It's the words. You know, the, the Bible didn't promise us just that only certain individuals' families could get saved. You have got the words to get all your family saved. And if you'll receive those words, and if they'll believe those words, they'll be saved by those words. For by grace are you saved through faith, and you couldn't understand it or know it except somebody preached it to you. Did you notice that the wisdom of God through the foolishness of preaching is what put to naught the wisdom of this world? They went off and just started to preach. And that was it. And people got saved, and people got... Okay, that's for salvation. That's for salvation. Go to the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. I'll show you something else. That's for salvation. Somebody wants to get healed. Somebody wants to get healed. I could say it like this. Send down the street for the minister, and he shall tell thee words whereby you shall be healed. And some of us start to just laugh and say, Oh, now, come on, that beats anything I've ever heard. Well, just send that. Send that now, I understand that there's a charismatic fellow down here, and, and there's another one over here. Just send for them, and they'll tell you words whereby, whereby you will be healed. I mean, that'd be the laughing stock of any medical doctor if he wasn't saved and filled with the Spirit. Oh, come on now. You mean words are going to get him healed? Okay. Let's look at Acts 14. Uh, verse 7. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. That is pretty bad. The same heard. Heard. Paul, what? Well, what did he speak? He had to say words, didn't he? Who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had what? Okay, how did faith come? Huh? Hearing what? He must have been telling him words about healing, didn't he? So faith come up by hearing, the man heard what he was saying. He heard the word. He heard what he said. Of course, he had to act upon that word, but I want you to, I'm not going to go to the applying of God's word as of right now. Unless we're led that way before we close here. But the application of that word, in other words, acting upon that word, is what produced the end results. But the faith came when he heard. He heard the word and had faith to be healed. Now, there are many people that have heard the word and have faith to be healed, but do not act upon their faith and don't get their healing. But if they'll just simply act upon their faith, childlike, childlike faith. Don't you know that if a child jumps off of a, a wall and I say I'm going to catch him and I walk away, he can let on his head and get killed? You think that's funny? I'll tell you what, some, some kids have been drowned in bath, bathtubs. Some just fell off into a, a, a small place and broke a leg or an arm off, off of one step. Now you stop and think about the faith that child has in you. If he's up here and you're down here and there's cement below and you say, come on, honey, jump. And he takes a dive and you just walk away. Now, when you get out in the arena of faith, what you're saying is, I got up on that wall. I stood tall on that wall. And my father was down there saying, come on, son, jump. And when I jumped, he walked away. Did he? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That word leave you and forsake you have two different meanings. That word leave means he'll never send you out alone. And that word forsake you, he'll never abandon you. He's not going to send you to do something. And the Bible says he sent us to preach. He's not going to send me out there and, and, and then uh, when I get out there and I get out of the boat and start to walk by faith and then say he's going to abandon me. You know, in some cases, sickness and disease could be unto death. Listen to me intently. 
sometimes they are unto death because people don't fully trust their father. But I'm learning to trust him for every area of my life. And when you get to a point that you know that he is your father, you're going to be the same way. You're going to believe that he's my heavenly father. He's not just somebody standing down there telling me to jump and then he's going to walk off and leave me. Now, if someone else went and told your child to jump, he might have a second thought about it. But I know that if I told my little boy to jump, he'd jump. Now, people have been hurt. And it's not God's fault. And if you're one of them out there saying that I jumped and, and God just walked away and let me fall and I did, oh, boy, it didn't work. Let me tell you something. Humble yourself. Get on your knees and say, Father God, your arms were out like this. And I, I just know that your arms were out like that. And I know that your love was being poured out towards me. And I know you were crying out to heal and deliver me as, as fast as you can. But there had to be a barrier. There had to be a gap between you and I. Father, break down that gap with the wisdom, the wisdom that you have in your word. Show it to me. Show me where I missed it. And I'll get back in line and I'm going to jump again. Right into your bosom. See, he's your father. He's your father. He loves us. Childlike faith. Simple faith. And when the people saw that, what Paul, uh, verse 10, said with a loud voice, stand up right on thy feet. Stand up right on thy feet. Those words, beloved, brought healing. They brought healing. It was right there. I'm going to give you that. I've given you this testimony before. I'm going to give it to you again because it's an order of God. There's healing in it. There's power in it. When I went to that house and saw that woman sitting down on that couch. You know, beloved, sometimes, and I don't want to say it in a negative sense, but sometimes we hit it right on and it works. And you go back home and you go, how did that happen? What did I say? What did I do? What was it? So next time I want to do the same thing. I want it to work for everybody in every circumstance. But the more I meditate on that, the more the Lord showed me how simple. You know, it's one thing to minister for yourself. It's another thing to minister to others. Let me put it like this. You have got to communicate from spirit to spirit. And many times we try to communicate from spirit to head. And it doesn't work that way. And as I recall walking into that room where that lady could not touch her toe on the ground for the pain was so bad. She, she just tears poured from her eyes. She just couldn't touch her foot on the ground. She couldn't do it. Tore all the ligaments in her ankle and foot. Swell up like a balloon. Couldn't put her foot down. And all we were led to do was say, if you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you will be free from sin and He will also heal you. That's all. That is all I said to this woman. Now, I want to show you simple faith. That was it. That's all, that, that's all I can recall. And I got on my knees right before the couch and led her to Jesus. She was born again. She received Him as His Lord and Savior. And beloved, I didn't even get out the words. And she went, It communicated to her spirit. That's it. You know that if you'll just say His Word, we're trying to make people do this and trying to make them believe that and make your confession right and do this right and do that right. I believe in all of it. Especially when you start growing up. Because you're required. The more you learn, the more you're required to act on. But all that woman heard was, listen to what she heard. Because I love it. He's shown me the simplicity of faith. She heard you say this. She may not have heard anything else I said, but she heard this. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll be healed. She did and got up. That's it. That sounds so simple. It is. It is simple childlike faith. When you just throw every, all your head knowledge away, I mean, she was on crutches. She couldn't even touch the floor. She couldn't open the door. She could, it took her 15 minutes just to open up the door to get there with tears in her eyes. Now, that same woman was afraid to even put her foot down and touch the ground. Just stood up and walked. Just like this guy right here. Because of the Word. We, if we ever get to the place that we're unteachable about these testimonies that are in the Word, I never get tired of hearing this guy get up. 
I never get tired of hearing Peter say, Silver, no, have I none but such as I have given by thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I never get tired of that. Do you? Never. Oh, I'll go over it again and get more excited every time I read it. That is simple faith in God. Just believe that if He said it, He's going to do it. Now, Jesus said, but it's not the hearer of the Word that's going to be justified. It's not the hearer of the Word that's going to be delivered. It's not going to be only the hearer, but the hearer and the doer. Now, notice that the woman heard the Word and then she did it. She acted upon it. She got up. That's why Jesus said, those that hear my sayings and do them, I'll show you who this guy is like. This guy is like the fellow that built his house upon a foundation and upon, that, upon a rock. And upon that rock he built his house. And when the storms and the trials and the calamities of life came his way, it could not shake the house. It could not, could not, could not, could not shake his house. Couldn't, couldn't do it. It was impossible to shake that house. Impossible. But without faith it's impossible. But with faith it's impossible for Satan to come and get me. I like that. Without faith it's impossible to please God, but with faith it's impossible for Satan to overcome you. Boy, when you look at it in that light, I'll tell you what, it gets you to going. It will. Now, what are some things I need to hear about this covenant that we live in? Well, I'm glad you asked that. 89th Psalm. This is how faith comes. Verse 34. This is how faith comes. You're going to get a whole bunch of faith right now. Are you ready for it? The Bible says over there, I believe in Mark's gospel, that, that he would have passed them by until Peter said something. Well, don't let it pass you by. Hear. Hear what this is saying right here. In uh, the 34th verse, these are some things you need to hear. My covenant will I not break. Say that with me. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Your heavenly Father will not break His covenant with you, and He will not alter the thing that He has spoken. If He has spoken that by His stripes you are healed, then by His stripes you are healed. He will alter that. He will not alter that. He will not change that. There is no changing with God. If He said, ask in My name and I will give it to you, then He meant ask in My name and I'll give it to you and will not alter any of those words. There is not an and, an if, or a but in any of them statements. But church tradition... Religion has made of none effect the Word of God by saying, yes, if you're thoroughly sanctified, if he wants to, if there's no ifs about it, or buts about it. He said, I will not break my covenant with you. And if you'll get in line with the covenant, friends, you've got all the good things coming from God. People just don't know God. That's why they don't understand it. Let's go to another scripture. The book, you're, you're close by. Go back to the book of Job. Because I want you to grab a hold of this. People talk about that scripture in Romans 8, 28. We want to just touch it just for a minute. 22nd chapter. Verse 21. Job 22, 21. He said he will not alter his covenant. He's not going to alter the things that he spoke the things that he said. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath God spoken and shall he not do it? Hath God said and shall he not do it? Or hath God spoken and shall he not make it good? You've got to hear this, and you've got to hear this, and you've got to hear this. Say it with me like this. If God spoke, he'll do it. If he said it, he'll do it. If he told me, he'll make it good. He can't change, see. He can't change. He can't change. If He said it, He'll make it good. If He spoke it, it's going to come to pass. Now, you've got to remember that. Here's where the problem lies. Look at this, verse 21. Acquaint now thyself with Him. Acquaint now thyself with Him. Look at the next part. 
and be at peace. And be at peace. Thereby, good shall come unto thee. Acquaint yourself with Him and be at peace. And then good is coming your way. People have not acquainted themselves with the Father God and they don't, consequently, are not in peace. Do you know how peaceful his little face was when he went floating through the air knowing that I was on the other end? That's the kind of peace you need to have when you say, Father, I'm stepping out into your arms. Catch me. The doctors told me that I have either this or that or the other thing in my body. And I have a choice. I could go the medical route and I can go your way. Now, Father God, I am throwing myself. Yeah, I know that if I fall, it means death. But glory to God, I cannot fall. I cannot fall. You know that God has in His Word in Second Peter, the first chapter? Read verses 4 through 8 there. 9 and 10. Right on down to there. It says at the end of that that if these things be in you and abound, it will make you neither be barren and unfruitful. But also at the end of that it says, and you'll never fall. You won't fall. It'll never fail. It'll never fail in your life. If you throw yourself out and say, Father God, I am just leaving this in your hands. I am acquainted with you. I know that I'm at peace with you. I know, Father God, that you said that you were the healer. I now throw myself in your hands. I'm going to stay in the Word of God. Now listen when I say this. Take heed how you hear. We are not trying to conjure up some flowery words that if you just put the right word in front of the other one, it's going to reach the throne of God and God's power is going to just come down from heaven and just heal your body. It doesn't work that way. This how it works. God is in you. His life is in you. If you have been attacked with a sickness or disease in your body, you separate yourself from hearing anything but God's Word. You stay in God's Word. You pray in tongues all day long. You stay in the Word all day long. And if you're on the job, you just start keep on saying one Scripture. By His stripes I am healed. By His stripes I am healed. Greater is He that's in me. He is in the world. By His stripes I am healed. By His stripes I am healed. And what you're doing is you are... The faith cometh by hearing. And back there in Deuteronomy where Paul quoted that, he said, it's not up in heaven that you should go up to heaven to bring God down. And it's not across the sea that you should go across the sea and try to bring Him over to help you. He says, but what say that the words neither even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith that we preach. And if you all just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved, delivered, preserved, healed, and sound and whole. That's what he's saying. You will build up your inward man with the power and with the life of God to a degree that it blows out the sickness or the disease that's in your body. That's what it's talking about. And that's why people, when they wait till it's too late, they're too tired, they're too sick to hear the Word. And then they go to a place that there's no Word. Doom and gloom. You're getting worse. Just prepare, you're getting worse. Listen. Faith is simple. It's merely saying that if God said it, that settles it. God said it. Now, He said your good would come. Go to Romans 8.28. Let's close here. We're just getting started here, but we'll close here. I wanted to get to Matthew. Well, I make, I make, let, let, let me, let me, re, let me take that back. We'll close in Matthew. Because you've got to see the simplicity of faith. And I want to close with that. Romans 8, 28. I have heard teacher after teacher after teacher that come against faith. And it never fails if you listen to anybody teach against faith and having an abundant life of what God wants for you in your life, the victorious life there is in Christ. If you ever hear anybody teach, they will refer you to the Old Covenant. Mark that down. They will refer you to the Old Covenant. They'll go to the Old Testament. They'll go to where all the 
all the things that, that was really meant basically for Israel. And they'll take all that stuff and try to put it into the new covenant. And it doesn't work that way. We are not under the old... Someone said, well, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter that you're not under the old covenant. You have got a new covenant established upon better promises. And look at the promise of the new covenant. Look what God, God's intent was. And we know, verse 28, that all things work together. Now, these all things, he said, acquaint yourself with the Father, know your heavenly Father, have childlike faith. Without faith, you can't please God. It means your faith. It means your prayer life. It means praying in an unknown tongue, groaning in the Spirit. All these things work together. Well, let's not count out verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit maketh, he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The will of God is that you be delivered from all the evils of this world. Galatians 1.4 Okay, and we know that all these things work together for good. He said, and acquaint yourself with God, be at peace, and good shall come unto you. It works together for your good to them who are called, and underline that call, are called according to His purpose. Now, wait a minute, He didn't stop there and say that that was His purpose. He went on. And he tells you what the purpose is. This is the purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he called us, he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his Son. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also circled it, justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And then he asked the question, and I'd like to ask this question to all them unbelieving preachers. What shall you say then to all this? One translation says it that way. What do you want to say to all this? Was Paul saying, if he could probably, you know, come alive right here and say, he probably said, now what are you going to say about all this? You telling me that this is you telling me there's condemnation in Christ? There's no condemnation in Christ. Look at verse one. There's no you want to hear something good? There's no condemnation. If you missed it yesterday, get on your knees and repent. There's no condemnation today. None. None whatsoever. There is if you missed it and missed it and missed it, missed it, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. God's not condemning you. Walk in the Spirit. He's saying, What are you going to say to all this, you guys that preaching salvation by the law? By the works. He got more in the Galatians. But he's saying, what are you going to say to all this? He called you. He predestinated you to be conformed to the image of His Son. He has called you. He's anointed you. And, and he goes on to say, He's justified you and He's glorified you. Now, what are you going to say to all this? If God be for me and you and us, who? You got somebody? Who? Who is going to be against you? Nobody. In other words, one translation puts it this way. Who can effectively bring evil upon you if God's on your side? Who can effectively work against you if God is on your side? If God be for me, who is against me? And then I say this is the classic of classic scriptures in the Bible. Verse 32. If you don't know it by now, meditate on it for 24 straight hours. He that spared not. This is the strongest statement that he made in, in referring to all this. He said, he that didn't take, he didn't not hold back his son. If he didn't hold back him but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with his son freely give us all things? And then he goes on to say, now nah, we're more than conquerors through all of it. Put all oh, this whole chapter, we'll get into it someday and just go verse by verse, I believe. And let's close right here in Matthew 8. Let's just close right there in Matthew 8. I'm not really going to refer to any certain scripture. I just get blessed knowing that my Heavenly Father is on the throne. I am one with Him. I am an heir with Him. If he's got healing, it is mine. And he, just, like, just like the woman with the issue of blood, she went and she says, I demand 
his ability. She made it a man on his ability by faith. You think he doesn't look down here and see you? If he knows you've got every hair on your head is numbered, he knows when you have a need and, and when that need is, you know, due. He knows when it has to be paid, that bill's got to be paid by. It's not that God stopped the money from coming in. No, he didn't do it. We've got to change. We've got to learn to operate. We've got to realize He's our Heavenly Father. We've got to realize He knows the need. And this is what I want to get across of, of all things that I said today. I want you to grab a hold of this and just say it all the way home. Two words that I want you to know about your Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And these words are, I will. I will. I will. Next time someone tells you a problem about a problem, especially if it's in your own family, you know what you say? Someone told me they said, uh, your little boy uh, did this or did that or something happened or running nose or something. You know what I said? I'll come and pray and my father will heal him. I'll pray and my father will. Oh, you have a need. Yeah. I'll pray. And my father will meet that need. And I want to say one more thing about faith. Don't take a substitute. If you ask God for $465. And you came up with $463. Don't you go off and say, glory be to God, hallelujah. You say, thank you, Father God, for the $465. I did that. As a matter of fact, I asked the Lord for some money one time to come up $13 short. And I said, hallelujah. That I received. I didn't even look at that. I said, thank you, dear Father God, for all of it. And by that evening, it was all there. People take a substitute. If you're believing God for a, a Oldsmobile, don't settle for a Chevrolet. Or a Ford or something. I mean, I'm saying I'm not comparing cars. I'm just saying don't settle for something else. If you made your, if your faith was out there for a certain thing, you hold fast to that. Don't take a substitute. Faith will not take a substitute. It, whatever it said, that's what I'm getting. It'll always take more. But as long as you get what you ask for. In this, in this eighth chapter, if you'll study these here intently, you'll see that the key words are, I will. And I want you to know this about your father. Look at verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying... Huh? Look at verse 7. And Jesus said unto him, Okay. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come out of my womb, but speak the word only, and my servant shall means will. What did the, what did the guy say? Speak the word only, and my servant will. You know what the woman with issue of blood said? Once she heard, faith come up my hearing, of Jesus, I'll touch the hem of his garment and I will be healed. Now, are you ready to get your job? Your needs met? The, the reason why people don't give, they don't, they're not specific with God. I am going to ask the Father for that and I will get it. You're just making like the woman did demands upon his ability because you're one with him. Now, well, that, and I, I'm going to use this because we've got to get it out. I want you to use, see how to use this in the area of healing. When you pray and you don't see the results right instantly, forget about it. it doesn't, that doesn't mean God didn't hear and answer your prayer. That's the arena of faith. That goes on to say he was healing the self same hour. He didn't even know. There's another guy who did the same thing to Jesus. And, uh, and we'll get into this probably maybe tonight. 
he went off and, and the Lord told him, uh, Go thy way, thy, do- thy son liveth. And his, his walk home only would have been about a few hours. I'll explain it more tonight. Uh, a few hours walk home. And the Bible says he didn't go home the next day. Now, which of you here standing up? If you came, Jesus was here. He is what I mean in the flesh, standing here. And you came from, let's say, the walk from Rochester to here. There's no other way. You walked or had a donkey, whatever. And you came down here. And you said, Lord, Lord, come, come, my daughters, their son's dying. They're almost dead now. He said, go that way, thy son liveth. How long would it take you to get from here to Rochester? Oh, sure, you'd be just like this guy. You'd go over here somewhere in town and pick up a little, you know, find yourself a little inn. Sit back and just relax for a while. No, you'd be running as fast as you can. You'd, be, you'd probably make record time. You'd probably be like Elijah. You'd just pull up your skirt, man. You'd just get on fire God. You'd beat the horse home. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, that's how people are. But you know what the Bible says? And I gave you that scripture last Wednesday. The man, the man that believes doesn't make haste. That man says, well, well. I might as well stay and have lunch. Have a good night's sleep. No sense in going back. That's too far to go back. Get a little bit of my bills paid in town here. And then I'll get up in the morning, and, I'll, and the next morning, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he, that's when he met the guys on the way home said, Oh, yeah, yesterday at, noon, at, at 1 o'clock, the ninth hour, or 7th hour. Can you imagine that? His child's over there on a deathbed, and he just said, Well, yeah, I'll just spend the night here and have a good time. He had the Word, didn't he? He believed the Word. So notice that he said, I will. She said, I will. And Jesus said, I will. If you'll just get the I will line up with God's will... You know what happened? You will get it. You will get it. And we're going to get into more seeing tonight how faith does look at the unseen. It's the ability to perceive and to see into the Spirit and to know that God will do what He said He'll do. And it doesn't matter what, how deep the water gets. If you hold on to the Word, it'll never fail. And you will get your promise. Amen? That's how we're being changed. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.